Welcome to the Brisbane Broker Podcast, hosted by the Newstick Group. Each month, our brokers discuss the latest updates in the mortgage broking and finance industry to help our listeners better understand the scope of buying, investing, and refinancing property. A quick disclaimer, our podcast contains information that is general in nature, and we recommend seeking the guidance of a financial services professional to acquire financial advice. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, it's Cade, Bobby and Ashley here. Hey, hey, I'm Bobby. Hi, hi, I'm Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) And today we're going to be talking about a few different things. Uh, Probably the first thing we want to jump straight into is just a bit of an update, the lay of the land. Um, What what are we kind of seeing this month? What's happening in February 2022 in the broking landscape? Right now, I think a big thing that everybody is uh, pretty aware of is interest rates. Yeah, they, they move in uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the up and up. Yeah, they are. Um, so I, I suppose that's something that's uh, worth noting and is very current as of today. That um, mm. rates are just continuing to rise at the moment. It's really interesting to see where they're going to go, what's going to happen there. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think that's a big thing, um, and I and I feel that um, the the increase in fixed and and very well mm. primarily fixed at the moment. Mm. Um, fixed interest rates is um, kind of causing people to make different selections with how they structure their loans, if it's fixed or variable, and if it's split. Yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I think um, maybe a month ago, Mm. I was seeing lots of people saying, oh, I might just stick to variable and then fix in later. We'll see what happens with the RBA update. We'll see what happens with rates in the next couple of months. probably the last couple of days I've seen a real shift in people coming to me and saying yeah no I think I'm gonna fix in like things are really moving and getting a bit worried about it um some longer fixed terms as well um Mm, some three years being thrown around yeah I was actually just uh drafting a comparison today and we'd only just found out that uh (laughs) uh, the three-year rates just went up for a lender by 0.5 uh which basically means that um Next year, our lenders are kind of thinking things are going to stay around the same. Over the next two years, they're expecting to go up. But over three years, uh, they either don't know what's happening or they're yeah. just uh, expecting a really big increase. So just uh, gear up for that, I guess, mm-hmm. and um, know that the three-year rates are starting to spike up yeah, um, pretty, sure. pretty high. Very spicy. Yeah. Very spicy, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd say I, I'm kind of noticing a trend of people going uh, reverting back to fully variable lands. Mm. Like, Variable land uh, rates are so low at the moment, and yeah, it, I don't know. It, it suits different people for different mm. reasons, but um, I, I guess a variable rate loan is really helpful if you if you're able to make additional repayments. If yeah. if uh, you use the offset account or redraw facility effectively, yeah, um, it can be really beneficial for people. It's mm. h- hard for first home buyers, though. I'm finding oh for sure going from a renting scenario where you're paying three hundred, four hundred, five hundred a week. Uh, to a rate that's basically changing and going up and you know it's going mm. up. Uh, I mean, yeah, it works great uh, if you can pay off extra and, and use the structure, but it can also be pretty scary. Yeah, it can uh, be daunting for sure. Mm. Yeah. I guess a lot of the time we do see for first-home buyers that uh, they they tend to fix in for a certain amount of years, mm. like often two years, Yeah. Um, and that will give them the certainty of repayments and just that peace of mind that I'll pay mm. X amount. And uh, we've also kind of noticed lately uh, over the last few years that um, more more fixed fixed products are getting like redraw facilities or mm. yeah so, some of them. Oh, I love those products. I know they're so good. <laughs> so it's good. the best of both worlds. It's, yeah. it's, it's like a, fi- a split rate loan with yeah just one product. Yeah, there's, there's usually like a margin on it though. Like uh, 
with some particular north side lenders, <laughs> the, the, the margin on it's uh, very noticeable. It's usually like a 0.3 to 0.5 margin to have that offset structure. Yeah. It's, it's quite rare to find them. Then you've got these other um, Toowoomba-based lenders, potentially, <laughs> that have unlimited redraw on their fixed rate loans, which is such a strong oh, structure. There's a few of them out there. It's so it's, good. Yeah, I think, I think there's like a five or six last time I checked that mm. have yeah. a fully, truly mm. uh, fixed offset product. And uh, yeah, big fan. Perhaps you, a Bundaberg-based lender. That, yeah, Bundaberg, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Northside. I said Northside. <laughs> I'm being um, vague. Yeah. Maybe some Adelaide-based lenders. <laughs> The other thing that I'm seeing, just on Bobby's point about fully variable, is mm. a resurgence of basic loans. Yeah. Um, lots of people at the moment opting to go just basic product variable rate. Mm. No bells and whistles, no yep. offset accounts, just a redraw facility. And we're seeing lenders pass on significantly lower rates on those basic products. Yeah. Um, especially in the market we're in now. Um, they're pretty well the most competitive sure. products on the market. Yeah. I think they're underrated. Like I basic, do. basic products. Me too. Like they get a bad rap just because of the name, I think. Mm. Like, <laughs> I think so. Nobody wants to be basic, right? They normally <laughs> don't have fees either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No annual fees. Saving no fees. Annually. Yeah. yeah, unlimited redraw usually. Yes. Mm-hmm. No fees. Low rate. Mm. Probably the most competitive rate. It's mm. in what a snap- more could you want? In a snapshot, what would you say is the difference between a redraw facility and and an offset account? Um, well, I think the worst of this because I've seen this happen in the past. <laughs> but banks can technically forfeit your redraw facility and lower your limit, which means all of a sudden you've got you've got this basic product. You've got thirty thousand in advance. You can take it out whenever you want. And I know this is a really bad example, but this did happen a while ago, and uh, it was miscommunicated a lot. But Technically, the bank can reduce your loan and therefore forfeit your redraw. Uh, that, that's why there's some hesitation around it. Mm. Uh, a lot of first home buyers don't really read into that too much because it did happen a long time ago and um, it, it, there was a very big, uh, large publicity around it. But that, that's the way that I, I kind of see it. Um, offset account, transaction account, bank can't really do too much about it. Redraw, very different. They can shape it back. Mm. That's my concern. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. I agree. I think um, your offset account has a lot of benefits in that you are reducing the interest you pay, you're paying mm. off your loan faster. They come generally do come with fees. Um, it's really a personal preference. It's yeah. I think you have to weigh up what your future goals are and yeah. what your savings goals are, whether you want to use that money in the future. Um, th- there's a lot to it. Yeah, I also think having some, some lenders uh, like like some of the biggest lenders uh, have unlimited offset accounts, mm. which means that rather than just having this one account that you can pay extra into and take it out of, you can have... Uh, we've seen some clients with uh, 20, <laughs> 20 offset accounts, uh, even though it's a pretty gross overkill, in my personal opinion, at the same time having the ability to do that and not just have that redraw where you just park mm. your money in. Uh, if you're not good at budgeting, that redraw all of a sudden becomes your go-to and then you're kind of uh, going back to net zero balance mm. constantly and no no redraw. So that's uh, definitely a concern. Um, so separation of funds is probably another big one. Separation yeah. of funds and risk are probably the redraw and offset and fees, mm. definitely. Yeah. It what, is, what are your it, thoughts, Bobby? Yeah, I agree. Um, mm. in, a, in an ideal world, yeah. they... The purpose is uh, the same thing, to reduce interest paid over the life of the loan. Mm-hmm. Um, the, knowing the risk of the redraw facility is really good. Yep. Uh, but if you are comfortable in going for one, like, yeah. I don't know, I think they're pretty good. Like, 
I, I love it. Whenever I see a client that's got great surplus income, mm. uh, whether they're spending it on themselves or, or saving it, I, I don't really mind. It's just great to see surplus income. Mm. And then when you see the, the product they select and they go fully fixed and I have to try and recommend around it, sometimes that basic product is just great. Like mm. the, the capacity to pay off your loan in maybe six or seven years sometimes just with that surplus income, if they just button down and just did it, um, you, you can't do that with a fixed rate loan the majority of the time. It just you set the expectation right from writing the loan mm. that for the next two years, you're just going to chill out. And that's it, yeah. Yeah, that, that's it. That's, that's, your, that's your life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, the other, just to back onto that, um, with investors, mm. fixed rates can be tricky or can be scary or people that are looking to acquire more property in the future or maybe they want to sell their properties, variable rates give you a lot of flexibility. Yep. You can move and chop and change and take out equity whenever you like mm-hmm. um, without too much hassle. Yeah. Without worrying about break costs. Exactly, yeah. 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 For sure. Well, that's that's a bit of a lay of the land on rates. Yeah, um, for sure. We kind of touched on property prices recently. Mm. Uh, maybe we give it a one-liner. Uh, everyone kind of <laughs> knows what's happening right now. It's it's going up. Yeah. It's, it's been up for a while. Up and up. Up and up. Damn. Yeah. Any thoughts? Any, yeah, I, I don't really think. It, it it might be slowing down a little. I like, think it's slowing down a bit. Uh, but it's still up. It's still <laughs> it's still a lot. It's still yeah. up. Yeah. But, um, still lots of property on the market. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. out there. Yeah. There's heaps out there. But, but a lot of it's grossly overpriced that hasn't sold because mm-hmm. everyone's trying to get that equity out. Yeah, you got to weigh up your options if you buy into an mm-hmm. exhausted market or like hold out. But yeah. like <laughs> you, you can't time like your life decisions around. Mm. the market like if it's your first property yeah are you just going to be like well oh not (laughs) i'll not follow this goal like because you just can't Mm. read into the future you don't know what's going to happen yeah everyone can make all these predictions uh educated guesses and research out the wazoo but like i don't know when the time is right you just have to do it kind of (laughs) a little bit just off topic but I had a client recently um, put an offer on a property, signed a contract, and there were some problems with building pest. Mm. And now, uh, this is actually the second time this has happened recently. Uh, it got contested when they said, hey, I want to cancel the contract and build pest. So we're finding that it's like real estate agents are really trying to hang on now. So I think there's um, a fight for supply. Uh, there's a listings coming on the market, but everyone's fighting to get them now as real estates because the property prices are up, everyone wants to sell, but at the same time, it's a tricky market. Mm. And every single time you get a real buyer, I find that real estate is starting to get a little bit concerned. And the fact they're holding on to these sales and going, hey, provide us some evidence of these problems that you found with the property. Oh, it's, uh, it's a bit interesting. I think the real estate market's got um, a bit to say for itself right now. And uh, hopefully they come out and <laughs> give a bit of an update. <laughs> yeah, I sure. think there's a fair bit of lowballing going on as well with offers. Um, people know the market's inflated. They're coming mm. in with low offers and vendors just aren't getting to the point that they want to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's probably where the real estates are coming from in holding yep. on to those contracts that do stick. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's fair. What have you ever seen or what's the best outcome you've uh, witnessed with a contested valuation? A contested valuation mm. or building pest? Valuation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, they're pretty funny. I mean, I think you just had one recently. <laughs> <I did. laughs> so it's fresh it. in my mind. How much did it go up again? It was... Uh, the, first, the first valuation was about 
90 grand short of the contract price, yeah, wow. which was really mm. concerning for the clients. Luckily, yeah. they had the finance clause. Yeah. But uh, at that point, they the clients took the initiative to um, negotiate the contract price, yeah. and they managed to get it. Uh, so and, and on top of that, the valuer revalued it. That is so, like the best outcome, so isn't it? <laughs> a combination of the valuer revaluing and the clients negotiating the rate down yeah. got, got it to almost marry up. It's That's just a great. slight... Uh, additional contribution. And and from memory, this was a new property as well. Brand new property. Yeah. 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 That's great. So it was a good outcome. Clients yeah. are happy. Seller can yep. do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> not, not our problem. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so valuations, uh, anyone see anything short at the moment though? Uh, minor seem to always be kind of coming in on the money. Mm. New property is a very different story. Yeah, exactly. But, That's yeah. my big... One recently, yeah, might have been pretty good so mm. far. Yep. Um, I think I've had one low valuation come in, but mm. exceptional circumstances. Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, bit of an odd property, but yeah. Aside from that, things are still going pretty well. Yeah, cool. Uh, what, what about um, applications this week? What's kind of the appetite of the market? What what um, I know what I've been working on, but uh, I think we've all been working on some tricky stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I've been working on a few. A few that just require a lot of uh, lender policy research. Mm. Yeah. Um, a few things around visas, uh, probation periods, um, dishonors on accounts. Just... People want to buy. Yeah, mm. yeah. People are really aggressively wanting to buy. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm the same as Bobby. Um, mm. Some very similar policy issues. Mm. Um, yeah. And really, really motivated clients yeah. that yeah. are willing to do whatever they can to get around these policy issues, which is great. Yeah. Um, it's It's fun because it's rarely just one policy that you're mm. trying to find <laughs> you make a list like yes 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 maybe 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 no 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 mm. and then <laughs> for one criteria and then you do the next criteria and it just it's like yeah. connect thin- it is yeah. <laughs> it thins them out <laughs> but uh yeah that's been really interesting that's what i've been working on a lot rarely will you come across a client scenario where only one lender has an appetite for it, exactly. and and that's so that's really rare that you've kind of come across maybe one or two lenders for this particular client. Mm. Um, trick, tricky stuff. Yeah, Def, definitely tricky stuff. May have been three or four policies I was searching. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a bit there. Yeah, it can, it can be hard. Uh, a bit of low doc as well. Yes, I was saying. Um, not not always uh, the big one at the Newstead Group no. uh, for low doc, but uh, we do have some clients that do have some complex scenarios, so mm. that has come up. Uh, I'm doing a lot of refinancing at the moment, uh, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, rate driven, uh, structure driven. Um, I- I'm enjoying that. I-, I love a good refinance. It's it's straightforward. It's, hey, can you beat my rate? Yeah. Um, bring it on. <laughs> Usually you can as well. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone wants to talk more about that, you know, <clears throat> love a refinance. <laughs> love love a good refinance. Yeah. Uh, and a few pre approvals as well for investors mostly. Yeah. Great. Yeah. What are you coming across, Ashley, at the moment? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I've got a couple of refinances at the moment. Yep. Um, people coming off long fixed terms at yep. some pretty high rates. Um, what, what kind of rates are you seeing? On, feel free to... 3.6, yep. 3.7 um, from a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah well. Looking to drop down to the kind of mid-twos range, yep. which should be yeah. a breath of fresh air. That'll make yeah. a big difference. Um, pre-approvals as well. Yeah. A couple of investor um, yep. pre-approvals. Um the other one at the moment is a couple of first home buyers that are looking at buying investment yep. first up, yep. um, mainly because of things like um, HEX and servicing and DTI. Yep. It's 
to get in at the point that they want to get in at. Um, mm. Investment is the way to do it. Yep. Not always uh, the ideal scenario, just when we talk mm. about first home buyer grants and yeah. guarantees and all that kind of stuff. Everything, um, yeah. But sometimes it is the only way into the market at the price point that you want to be at. So mm. that's an interesting one to kind of weigh up the, the pros and cons of investment versus first home um, or owner occupy purchase. Yep. That's me, in a <laughs> nutshell. Yeah, cool. Um, a bit of commercial work too. Yeah, yeah kind of fun. It's really fun. Yeah, looking at uh, certain fast food chains. <laughs> Very <laughs> fast. It's kind of fun. Very fast. The fastest. <laughs> Red hot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a few, a few different little commercial scenarios. Um, looking at a, a place in Stone's Corner, um, some, some little commercial places, uh, which is kind of fun. Um, genuinely enjoying the commercial scenarios. Mm. So yeah, absolutely. Just Me a bit too. of... Yeah, outside of the box, uh, we all get to work on it together, which is really mm. fun. We've been doing more and more lately as mm. well. Like. Lots of commercial, yeah. We just um, just did a, a great one over at um, in Newstead, twelve point two million, mm. which around is really the corner. yeah, around the corner, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so really, really exciting one there. Um, I'm finding a lot of the commercial stuff we're looking at lately is very specialized, either yep. industry specialized or building specialized, which yeah. is really cool. Um, just finding certain lenders that are good at those niches yeah. and just learning a lot about those industries that we don't really have a whole lot of exposure to. Fascinating yeah. to learn yeah. very niche, yeah. it is, important it? details about these properties that it's we so fun. haven't <laughs> funded otherwise. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. We, we get to write up a, a sheet, like a credit paper, a spreadsheet. We look through all the numbers. It's mm. it's fun. It's, yeah. a, it's like a group project where everyone actually <laughs> contributes. <laughs> so it's, it's not like a university kind of <laughs> <laughs> one person. Oh, I'll, I'll write the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, um, which is fun. But uh, let, let's talk about the um, uh, topic of the day. Mm. What's uh, okay? You're going to meet with a mortgage broker. Now, I know we're at about sixty-seven percent market share. So sixty-seven percent of mortgages are now originated by brokers. So definitely, definitely majority. Mm. But for those that haven't met with a broker, or even those that have met with a broker, but maybe not the right one, mm. what should you expect in your first consultation? I mean, you, you, you book in an appointment, you walk through the door, you sit down with your broker. Uh, everyone has a, a bit of a varied expectation mm. of w- what they need to bring with them yep. in their initial consultation. So what, what kind of advice can we, can we give to clients around well, this? I, I think... Um one of the big things to consider first is when is the right time to make yeah an appointment with a broker like do you do it a year in advance when you want to buy do you do it when you're ready to buy do you do it a month in advance like mm. what do you what do you think about that like when would you suggest like it i suppose the consultations vary a lot like it can just be a 5 or 10 minute call or and yeah. say you should do this this and this um, to get yourself in a better position or potentially better position and um, or the mm. full a full meeting, a Zoom, whatever, and I, go through everything. Every broker is different about this because we're in a forum of brokers where we can read what other people are talking about. And a lot of brokers say, I don't do pre-approvals or mm. I don't do this or I don't do this or this client, I won't service this client. And the thing is, for, for us, I don't really mind. Uh, I'm happy to, to just have a chat, even if it's just a quick conversation. Mm. But uh, and what are your thoughts on this, Ashley? What, what would you do? I think there's two... I think there's a lot of different times that you can see a broker, but I think there's two leading times. One being you're 
ready to go, ready to buy. You have a pretty good idea of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And the other time I would say is you really have no idea what's achievable. Mm-hmm. You have an idea of what you want to do, but mm-hmm. you don't know how to get there, what you need to do to be in the situation where you can buy. Mm-hmm. That's a really great time to have a chat to a broker. They can run through things uh, briefly and just say, mm-hmm. you know, this looks like it might be achievable. You need to do X, Y, and Z to get yep. to this point. I, I think um, well, one big thing to note, uh, I know this is... Um, cop some criticism, but say you really want to buy a place and your scenario is a little bit different or outside of the box and you put pressure on the broker, I don't think that's going to get you much further towards buying the place. Mm. Um, That's one thing I just want to note because sometimes you really want to buy a place or you sign a contract or you you jump head first, Mm -hmm. but your scenario is different. You might be on probation or you might not have enough deposit or something tricky. And, and personally, I hate to say it, but we're not the issue. We're not, we're not the roadblock. We'll find a solution if there's a solution. The problem is that you might sometimes need to wait uh, mm. to do that. If you walk into the office and you've met with another broker, you say, I just want a yes or no answer. Uh, I can assure you we can give you a yes or no answer. Absolutely. And uh, we've had clients come in and ask for that. They just say, can I do this or can't I? Just be, mm. be straight up. We will happily give you that. Yes, you can. I know you can't. We've had it a couple of times this week. Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it <laughs> is what it's like, and it is what it is. For yeah. real, like yeah. they're complex situations, mm. and we search high and low for, for yeah. a fit. If there's a fit, it might not be the best rate. There's it, always like, there's, a fit. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but it might yeah involve a crazy amount of fees. Mm. A yeah, crazy rate. Like yeah, it, and sometimes if it's a matter of waiting two or three months or however long it might be for your individual scenario like we'll just say that that makes more sense like yeah yeah. it would be more beneficial to do that we're big fans of 90 day strategies oh yeah Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) three months is not a long time Mm. um take three months take your broker's advice get all your ducks in a row. Mm. Um, but make sure you come back to the same yeah, broker. Exactly. <laughs> because we, we don't really make any money until you actually do something. <laughs> so, exactly. All this advice is, uh, is, is lots of fun. Yeah. <laughs> but please come back. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> I don't want to go back to them. They, yeah, yeah, they, 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 they told me to do all these things. <laughs> now I've done them. Time to only eat two-minute noodles for so long. <laughs> oh, I love two-minute noodles. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me goring. Gosh, oh, so yeah. Good. good stuff. <laughs> yeah, maybe not two minutes though. I mean, that yeah, takes it's sometimes it takes a little, little longer. Yeah, I think it's like three minutes. Mm. Yeah. You a chili pack it in or chili pack it out? In for sure. Uh, in for Double sure. Have you out? You're out. Yeah. Right. Have you ever tried like cutting up tomatoes and putting them in me goring and like making like the dish as it shows on the packet? Mm. An egg on top. <laughs> I, a I, I don't for go some. down that road, but yeah, for some. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Here we are. We're talking about noodles again. Like. <laughs> <laughs> So we've established you can kind of meet with a broker yep. at any point. It, it can be a short conversation like do this, this, and this, come back in in a month, in three months, in a year, whenever. Mm. Um, let's say you are ready. It's a time like you're looking to buy in the next two or three months. Yep. What do you, what, what do you expect in your first consultation? Cool. I think the biggest thing is firstly determining, uh, you said, when you're ready. Mm. When you're ready doesn't always mean that you're ready from a financial perspective, but we can help you with that. So you walk in, first things we'll go through is deposits, um, structure, benefits, uh, government incentives. Um, Even though we can't give any legal advice, we we know exactly what what you can 
do or, or apply for. But but realistically speaking, I think just yeah, come in come in when you're ready. Take mm. 10, 15 minutes and just run through it. We'll yeah. run out run through what your borrowing capacity is mm. and. Mm. That you, you don't really need to bring anything specifically. No, not for the first one. Yeah, I'd say a big one is just being prepared for how detailed it is, mm. like or how yeah. detailed it can be if yeah. you're looking to proceed. Like going through someone's bank accounts, like yeah, that that's a pretty personal thing. Like mm. so, I suppose be mindful of that. Mm. Um, keep on top of your living expenses uh, in the months leading up. Yep. Um, or always, but <laughs> <laughs> particularly in the months leading up to when you're looking mm. to buy, yeah, is a big one. We look at ninety days of statements. So when you start thinking about seeing a broker, if you, by all means, if your spending is through the roof, still go see them. Just be really open yep. and honest about mm-hmm. it. That's hey, a ninety-day strategy on. you're yeah. referring to. As long yeah. as you're willing to exactly willing to change, yeah. willing yeah. to work on it. Sometimes concessions need to be made to meet your goals. Yeah. I think the other thing, just when you mentioned, you don't really have to bring anything with you mm. physically. No, the one thing I would say walk into a meeting with is a goal. Yeah. We can work so much more efficiently when we know what yeah. you want to do. We've We're, had people come in without any goal. Just <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. I'm just here. Yeah, I'm just, um, I just like your website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there's so many variables when it comes to mortgage scenarios, whether mm. you're looking at owner-occupied or investment or whether you're looking at strata or mm. a house, there's mm. just countless moving parts. Mm. If you have some kind of idea of where you want to be, yep. that might not be a price range or a suburb or anything like that, but I want to buy a house to live in or yep. I want to buy an investment property or I'd like to weigh up the options, just some mm. kind of goal that we can work towards. Yeah, I'd like um, some information on exactly. X versus Y. Like, sh- should I go an or investment yeah. or should I? We can sit down and talk to you for probably 24 hours straight and go through every option <laughs> oh, possible. Yeah. <laughs> but we want to make the most of your time. We want to make the most of our time. Um, mm. It's a lot easier to structure a meeting around a goal. Mm. And without it... Um, with having a goal in place, it's easier to keep it on track and not exactly overwhelm yeah. somebody with unnecessary information mm. that's going to go in one ear and out the other. Like, it's if you're focused on one particular thing, mm-hmm. um, yeah, go nuts. Let's mm. have a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> <Sums> <laughs> <it> <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. What, what about, uh, say you walk in, uh, you're self-employed. What, what should you expect from your broker if, if you're a self-employed applicant? Mm-hmm. You haven't done your financials for a little mm-hmm. bit. You're, you might be a little bit behind. I think uh, a lot of people don't realize, um, a, lot of, a lot of inquiries don't realize that we can sometimes use financials from previous years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as an example, right now I'm working on an application where we're using 2019 and 2020 financial year mm-hmm. financials. So no no bass from 2022 and no financials at all for 2021, purely just that, uh, which is it's it's a crazy idea. But realistically, we've got about eight lenders or so that can still use that mm. up until May, yeah. uh, when they need um, anything from 2021. So, uh, I mean, as a self-employed applicant, you walk through the doors. What what should you expect for us to need to look at? Uh, is a great question. I'd say generally two years of financials. Mm-hmm what years they are is not quite mm. as important. Mm-hmm. Um, your personal finances as well, yep. uh, bank statements, things like that, all of the normal stuff. Um, the other big one is it makes everybody's life easier if we can contact your accountant. That's a yep. big one. If you have a great relationship with your accountant, yep. we can reach out to them on your behalf and it just makes the process so much easier. It really on, does. On the client's end. <laughs> yeah. 
pretty much all of my self-employed clients, I have an accountant tab where I just <laughs> jump into it. Whenever they want to do something, I just go, okay, I'll speak to your accountant. Yeah. It just makes life a lot easier. A good accountant makes the process so much mm. smoother yeah. and it makes it so much easier for the applicant as well. Yeah. They don't have to go and request all these documents yeah. that they kind of know about. Like, mm. like yeah. It's just easier to send a, a dot point list saying, can you provide this, this, and this? Like, exactly. Yeah. Profit and loss, tax portals, like yeah. all of yeah. this stuff that you won't necessarily have on hand. That's generally the kind of stuff mm. we do need. Yeah. Is there an option if you haven't done your financials for the previous years? I think we've talked about uh, low doc potentially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we touched on it lightly. We touched on it. Yeah. So sometimes uh, there are some ways around it. Usually two forms of evidence: um, business bank statements, uh, six months. Oh, sorry, three months. One quarter bass. Mm. Um, and also your uh, a decla- declaration from your accountant. Mm. But there's a few different ways to, to approach this, and we, we can run through all of them. There's some lenders that'll literally go off something really basic, but we, we still want to verify for our compliance that you're still in a good position to buy. Absolutely. And and that's 100% what we can run through while going through mm. that. And if you do end up going down that route, usually mm. the rates are a bit higher, but yeah. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's, it's a, solution. a solution. It's not yeah. the ideal solution, but... Yeah, it and it's, it's risk-based. Yeah, So exactly. if you put down a high deposit, um, which you generally might have, uh, mm. you might not have done your financials, but that might be because you earned a lot of money. Mm. And because of all that money that you've earned, you've, you can put it down as a deposit or have a high deposit. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we can look at that. And yeah, recent financials and lodge tax is yeah. the dream. Like, yeah. <laughs> Happy days. Yeah, but not, not always the normal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of complex positions out there. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so so you walk in, you sit down, you go through everything with the broker. After that, you, you get a great strategy email and says, hey, you, you should or you could buy an owner-occupied property, a house like you, you wanted to do. What's the relationship from there? What, from a broker's perspective, what should you do as a, as a client? Can you call your broker all the time? Uh, do you call them when you just have a, a stray question? What do we represent in the process? I'd say my rule of thumb is I'll, yeah. I'll always get back if somebody mm-hmm. calls me. If yeah. and That's if I'm not free when they call me. Yeah. I think the benefit of a broker is you do have a personal relationship. You have a one-on-one mm. relationship. I'm happy for people to call me with any questions that they have. Yeah. It's not necessarily a, it has to be urgent for you to call me. Um, mm. Just call, email, text. It, it, it's weird though, because you're not paying for the service, which kind of makes it weird. <laughs> like the, the bank's remunerating us or uh, based on whatever loan structure you're doing, we, we don't receive any money. We don't charge a client fee. So you walk through the door, you're not paying us anything. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's kind of weird what level that, you know, that, that request is at. I mean, I, I would feel weird if I didn't know how brokers worked. Mm. Yeah. Do, do I call? Like some mm. clients um, send me an email and then they say, apologies for the email, but <laughs> can you answer this question? And, of course I can. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, it's interesting because that means that some clients are, aren't exactly too sure of mm. how we operate. Yeah. And, and I do explain that during the process, but it'd be great if everyone could get a general idea. Mm. I mean, I do personally answer a lot of phone calls outside of hours. Um, I do stop what I'm doing a lot of the time to answer phone calls, mm. but... Because of that, uh, I'm a big fan of education. So whenever I answer that phone call, I generally explain how it works or explain how something works so I don't get that phone call again or, mm. or any kind of confusion in future. Mm. And generally, if somebody calls me outside of hours, I, I generally feel like it's quite stress, something stressful for them, but it's mm. not always the case. <laughs> so, <laughs> sometimes it might be a really simple question they could easily answer mm. later. Yeah, I, I think the, the big thing about 
talking to a broker outside of ours as well is two big things. You've got some clients who are just way too busy to call yep. you oh, for sure. during yeah. work. Yep. They work all day. They've got a stressful life. After hours is the only time they can speak to you. Mm. Mm. And that's the benefit of a broker. Generally, you can't call your bank at yep. 7, 8 o'clock at night or on, <laughs> on a Saturday. You can call a broker. You can email a broker. Yep. I think the other point is just what you said about stress. If there is something that's on your mind just pick up the phone like don't think yep. about it for the next three yep. days until you've got a meeting scheduled with them um, yeah. if it's a quick question like we're there for you mm. uh, i think i think the rule of thumb is call your broker outside of hours but if they don't answer they'll, they'll surely get back to you 100%. exactly it's it's a, like everyone's got a lifestyle <laughs> I, I work broking around my lifestyle um and it's like a part of my life now mm. and it's kind of accepted but at the same time uh, i do stuff on the weekends i mean <laughs> i work really hard during the week uh we all do so on the weekends, we might uh, go out, do something. Go and to a footy game. They go, go to a footy game. <laughs> <laughs> the Reds are playing. Your favourite? <laughs> uh, yeah, for yeah, sure. I, I, think it, <laughs> I think it's interesting as well, and um, maybe it just it, it suits my uh, the way I work really mm. well, that it's usually established pretty early on whether people are callers, emailers, mm. or texters. Mm. Texters are great for me. Like I, I love texters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's always a really easy way to say, like, if you are busy, it's, mm. you can just take a second and say, sorry, I'll, I'll give you a call in five minutes, or yeah. like, if it's a can we do question. this in the morning, or yeah, Text just provide the answer. So yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that suits me personally, um, but yeah, like, like we've covered, we'll always yeah. <laughs> reply, to, yeah. reply to calls, texts. I do have a lot of clients that if they do need to talk to me after hours, or if they do want to talk to me after hours, they'll send me a quick text and just say, hey, can I give you a call? Or yep. can you give me a call when you're free? Yep. That's awesome. Mm. Um, really, really handy. Can we talk about this phenomenon of, mm. uh, of clients that come through that say, I had a broker, but they disappeared. <laughs> they didn't return my calls. <laughs> MIA. That's really interesting. Fell off the side of the earth. Like. It and happens all the time. I know. Why are there well, so many of them? Yeah, who, who are these people? <laughs> a bunch of bozos. That's <laughs> who they are. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? Like, I, yeah, and, and sometimes we operate. It's like, it's nothing. Usually, even if your scenario is not as great or you're not mm. ready yet, we'll still give you that advice. Like, <laughs> we won't drop off the face of the earth. <laughs> it happens so often. I yeah. I just can't fathom it. Like, yeah. It's baffling. I, I think it is. I think it's hard to become a broker. It takes time mm. and, and energy and, and a lot of experience. You might not know something fully and you might not get the response uh, from, from the bank or you might be looking around and just, just come up against a brick wall. Mm. And because of that, you, maybe you're not ready to give a response, so maybe you just yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah. But I think just professional etiquette, Mm. Say something. It's I'm called still professional looking. ghosting. <laughs> professional ghosting. <laughs> but yeah, it's not yeah. on. But yeah, that's not how we operate. <laughs> like it just isn't. Yeah. Uh, if if something's too hard to answer, we'll find an answer. Exactly. Yeah. And if it's not a good answer or the answer that you want to receive, we'll yeah. provide we'll still it. Give it to you. Like yeah. And steps moving forward. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That that's just crazy to me that. Yeah, we hear that so so mm -hmm. often. Um, really, one of the things that's really really great is that nobody ever. Um, and this is going to sound like a simple thing, but when a client calls, none of us have ever gone, "Oh, it's this person," or "Oh, it's mm -hmm. that." We always answer it. Like, it's never, it never becomes a thing for no. us, it, which is just like that, that's kind of what you want. Like imagine, 
imagine calling up and you, you, it's ringing, the line's ringing, and you're just thinking, this guy just hates me. This girl just <laughs> hates me. I just broke her. They're just sick of me. Yeah. It's just not the case. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all just desperate for friends. Like, yeah, I think so. We're, <laughs> we're happy when our phone lights up. <laughs> Eight o'clock on a Sunday night. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> We've got something to do now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, it's fun to give advice though. Mm. It's 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 uh, genuinely. Um, I'm passionate about advice. Mm. I like it. Absolutely. People... But just just to touch on one thing. Yeah. Okay. When you've got about five texters though at the same time, <laughs> that's where it gets tricky. Just group it up. Just group it up. <laughs> In AMA, <laughs> ask me anything. I'm a mortgage broker that texts AMA. <laughs> Sure, that's oh. a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think we should touch on. Um, uh, hopefully, every everyone's kind of got a bit of an idea of who we are as mortgage brokers, mm-hmm. because not every mortgage broker is going to have the same same structure. Some some mortgage broking firms you might walk into, and they might have a end to end process where it's step by step by step by step. Um, we we don't specifically have that. We have steps in the process, but we're not going to give you a hey. Here's step three. Here's step four. Here's step five. The, the only reason we don't do that is because we work around your time frames. Other brokers are trying to sometimes um, put you into a scenario where basically they need you to apply for credit to actually make any money. And because of that, uh, we're the same, but we don't say, hey, you need to do this. Mm. And that, that is a different approach. Mm. Yeah, A lot of brokers are like, hey, if you don't do this, we can't help you. Are you and talking about service fees? I'm talking about other service fees, but more specifically, I'm talking about pre-approvals. Okay. If you're not ready to buy a place, we can give you a bit of advice come back to us later. Mm. But a lot of the brokers just don't even give any advice. And then maybe they're the ghosters. Maybe they're the phenomenon, the the ghosting (laughs) phenomenon out there. They just see that you've got an idea and if that idea doesn't have a contract behind it, there you go. Yeah. Just uh, back in the fog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's important to not use uh, black and white, step one, step two, step three, Mm. because there are just so many variables in the process. Like so few applications are the same. (laughs) Like none of them are. Like, yeah. So you might get to a point and then maybe they're not ready to buy for this reason or that and then revisit or... And, and if you're not sure where you're at in that process, ask your broker. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's a, a brilliant thing. If, if you're confused at what point you're at in the process, give us a call. And, you know, maybe we don't explain it to you clearly or maybe the communication drops off and, and we explain some stuff to you and you might not respond for a while and it's been a month. Give us a call. Mm-hmm. Check in. We'll we'll talk talk through where you're up to and and start off where we left. Absolutely, we love to talk. We we do. We love to <laughs> answer. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk for hours. <laughs> uh, on that note, I think we should uh, look at listener questions. Uh, we've had a, actually a few questions come mm. through, mm. and we encourage more. We we want all the questions. Mm. Bring it on. We could do a whole episode on listener questions. We could. We could. Mm-hmm. I could do that. Yeah. We should. I'm ready. We would. <laughs> we are. <laughs> smooth, smooth segment. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go with the first one. Maybe we'll just go around um, and just, just ask them to the group. But yeah, easy. Uh, so we had somebody ask. Uh, they're considering purchasing an investment property. Uh, is now a good time? What are the risks? Very, very open-ended <laughs> question. <laughs> that is. Wow. A big one. That is a. 
chunky question. <laughs> where do you where do you start on that one? Like, uh, so considering purchasing <laughs> investment property, that's that's yeah. a great great foundation. Mm-hmm. Is now a good time, and what are the risks? So they're the two big questions. So is now a good time? If you want to buy an investment property now, it's, it's a good time. Like, <laughs> it, honestly, like, it's a hard one to give advice on. It's, yeah. If you're at the point that you're ready to do that, and that was part of your financial goal uh, mm. or your financial timeline, go ahead. Like, just be selective of, of mm. what you buy. Be mindful mm. of the rental yields. Like, do your research on costs involved, which we can help with. Mm. Yep. But yeah, we can't really say <laughs> do it now or don't do it now. Like, just based <laughs> on the market. I think based on the market, there's one scenario that's kind of standing out to me as it might actually be a really good time to buy an investment property. And that's if you already own property Mm. and you already own property that you bought a couple of years ago Mm. and it has come through this growth boom of the last Mm. 24 months. Um, We're seeing lots and lots of equity. If you are considering buying investment and you're wanting to take your funds to complete out of an existing property as an equity release, Mm. it's a great time to do it. Mm. The property market could go up or down. Like we we don't control that, Mm. but now is a different time for investing. Now, people that were first home buyers a couple of years ago have an opportunity to invest. Exactly. Yeah. That's different. It is. Yeah. The other thing is just uh, rental market. Rent's going through the roof. Yeah. Um, rental costs mm. is, is absolutely crazy. So yeah, it's no mm. good. Yields are, yields are good. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. good for investors, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Bad for renters. It's bad for renters. <laughs> yes. It's really tricky. Group, group together. <laughs> <laughs> Meet in the middle, yeah. Uh, risks though, risk of investing. Obviously, yeah. property market could go up or down. There's there's quite a big mm. um, there's a there's a thing in uh, shares called the window and, and door theory, mm. which is basically whenever you open a window, or whenever something inflates, there's a door that has to close. Mm. Um, and and when that happens, basically, uh, they expect that anything that goes up must come down. Mm-hmm. Something similar. The Australian property market generally managed to evade this theory. <laughs> uh, but how far it can evade, well, we, we saw recently in, uh, in Melbourne, um, property prices were overly inflated and about uh, two, two and a half years ago, they did dip quite, mm. quite seriously because of that. Um, New South Wales is, uh, may also potentially get there too. I mean, we've seen one bedroom apartments for $1 million that are less mm. than 50 square meters, which Makes just absurd. Yeah. yeah. I mean, great view though, but, <laughs> but not in a not a new place. <laughs> it's old old buildings. Yeah, for sure. I think probably the biggest risk for investing is not having a tenant. Mm. Um, if you mm. don't have that tenant, you're paying your own living expenses and your mm. own property costs on top of the entire cost of that prop- investment property. Yeah. yeah, I'd say a big thing to keep in mind as well is before investing, have a chat to your accountant. Like, yeah. Mm. They'll, they'll be able to talk to you about uh, the specifics of tax benefits and um, the best way to structure it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Again, like the legal advice you mentioned earlier, we can't provide that <laughs> advice. But F- Financial we... planners are good too. Mm. Oh, for sure. Keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah. yeah, accountants, great for tax, but financial mm. planners might even tell you, hey, don't invest. Yeah. But don't, don't invest in property. Yeah. Mm. Buy shares. Um, and they might just rule out the whole idea completely. If you're looking for a a linear kind of yes or no response. Um, I think financial planners might mm. just cut it right off. Yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah. And we know a lot of them. We do. We do, we do, have, <laughs> we do know a few financial planners. <laughs> Very good. All right, I'm going to ask this one because it was mm. my mate who asked sure. me the question. Uh, so, I live in Melbourne. Are you able to write a loan for me interstate? Are there any issues uh, if we can't meet in person? That's a great question. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Any issues? <laughs> I think... Um, 
essentially no, no issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> COVID has really been a bit of a blessing on the broking mm. industry because yeah. non-face-to-face is now the norm. Yeah, for um, sure. Even mm. clients that live, you know, two streets away mm. from our office, we sometimes don't meet in person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything can be done via email, via phone and FaceTime now. Even ID appointments we can do via yep. FaceTime or you just pop into a local branch or see a JP. I have a client in Ireland, by the way. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a few in the States, if you're in Canada, yeah, they're sure. all over the place. Yeah. That's yeah. good fun. It, and, like, surely it would have gone this way eventually, mm. but um, mm. we were kind of forced into this mm. position that we couldn't meet people. It was, it was a higher risk to yeah. meet people in person. So there are ways around it now, um, whether it's a, a FaceTime call, uh, an authorized identifier to show up at your house yeah. or work. Mm. The, the, yeah, there's lots of ways. So many and, options. and different yeah. banks have different options available as well. Mm. Yeah. So to answer the question, yeah, I guess yeah. we can have a problem there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Absolutely. I might ask the next one because it was my mate that asked the yeah, question. Yeah, sure. Uh, what LVR would you expect for a land only purchase and hold on to the land, not build? Trick, tricky one. That um, is a tricky one. So land only purchase, we, we don't know if it's investment or own OC, which makes a bit of a difference. Mm. But to, if you're buying the land to live on, the main problem that we have is that a lot of lenders have an expectation of a build contract within six months. Uh, if you're buying land as owner occupied, based on that, usually they want to have a shorter loan term as well. Uh, they put a little bit more pressure on the application. Uh, some larger lenders put a 25-year loan term on land only, uh, which can stretch your serviceability a bit and be a bit tighter. Uh, also, what what are your circumstances while you're buying the land? I, I think we need to determine. It's a, it's a very open-ended question. Why are you buying the land? Uh, are you going to build on it in the future? Um, are you securing it with the land, or do you have money to to uh, do you own your house outright that you can take out money to buy the land? Um, there's a lot of different things around it, but LVR-wise or deposit-wise, um, I think you're looking about uh, potentially a ten to twenty percent deposit. To, to be healthy. Mm. Maybe, sorry, a 12 to 20% deposit, mm. I should yeah. say. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Um, just to uh, encompass mortgage insurance mm. and such. Mm. But I guess, in short, there's just a bit more you need to know. Like There's a lot, the yeah. The purpose, the intentions. Mm. The... Because, like, why, why would you buy land without any intention to build on it or without a build contract in place? Yep. It's, it's a tricky one. You might just want to get into the market, but mm. that's a hard way to get into the market. Mm. Like, like, uh, like Ashley mentioned before, buying an investment property instead of an owner-occupied property, you just want to try and get something. But then uh, with what's happening in construction right now, mm. there are so many delays with starting construction that that building contract that you finally get uh, might not start for 12 months. Yeah. Exactly. And we've seen some key big builders in the space uh, taking about 12 months to commence construction. Mm. So then you're holding this land for a year or a year and a half. <laughs> paying for it. Paying for it, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, no wonder lenders are a little bit less receptive yeah. to it. And it's you can't rent out a block of land. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can pun it if you like. Yeah, it could, yeah, it could be a cool Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> um, with the construction delays, though, it's yeah. interesting. Like, it's not, it's not just an inundation of work for the construction industry. It's actual materials that yeah. are. There's been such a delay on yeah. supplies. Like, crazy, right? Yeah, crazy. Yeah. But just, um, uh, just back to Ash's question for one yeah. second. <laughs> we're, we're going we, off. Yeah, we could talk for ages about this. <laughs> We had a client as well that bought a block of land or purchased a block of land for about uh, half a million dollars, a little bit over half a million dollars. It's now worth around a million dollars. Mm. So don't be discouraged by the idea mm. of it. Just make sure you speak to a broker about how or if it's the right decision to make mm. or the best approach to what make. What time frame was that in? That was in space about 12 months. 
easiest path in the world. Oh, that's it. Just blows my mind. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's it, absolutely yeah. nuts. Yeah. So, can those funds be used towards the construction? We are using those that equity towards the construction. Yeah. Holy smokes! Yeah. So, no construction being secured, just purely on the land, cash out <laughs> construction. As Ashley always says, Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> That's definitely what she says. <laughs> certainly heard that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, LVRs, yeah, uh, 12 to 20% deposits ideal. Yeah. On, on the back of that, uh, there was another question as well. Uh, client uh, is on first-time loan deposit scheme, uh, something we talked about uh, last episode, and considering renting out their property. Uh, w- what do they need to do? What, what's the concern here? Because How long I'm, have they lived in the property yeah, so they've, they've lived in it for, let's say, 18 months. But <laughs> they are under the first-time loan deposit scheme. Yeah, uh, big one. Mm-hmm. First-time loan deposit scheme has a lot of caveats around it. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of restrictions around it, and you have to be really, really careful with how you approach it. The biggest point on the first-time loan deposit scheme is you must live in that property as long as it's guaranteed under the scheme. If you have roommates and things like that, that's not really what they're looking for. They're looking for turning that into an investment property, having a lease on that property. Big, big no-no. In that situation, you've either got um, really two options, uh, refinance the loan and pay mortgage insurance, revalue the property, see if you have a full 20% equity in it Mm. and pay the loan down or refinance the loan so Mm. that mortgage insurance is not applicable or pay the mortgage insurance with your current lender and release yourself from the scheme and then you can transfer over to investment. Yeah, that's that pretty much in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, you it's can't remain on the around. scheme yeah. and have an investment property. It just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think before, if you're on the first online deposit scheme, uh, we, we can't give you advice to such degree, but speak to your broker. We'll, mm. we'll have a chat and go through it. But don't um, try not to just rent out your place, um, especially when you're on a government scheme mm. or, or you're on an owner-occupied loan. Like, just... There are steps that we can take, yeah. uh, so please approach us. Talk to your broker, talk to your bank, yep. talk to somebody. Talk to somebody, um, mm. yeah. Call it's up a, the... It's such a big decision to rent out your place too. Absolutely. Like, yeah, there's, there's steps to take, definitely. You can also call the National Housing Funding and mm. chat to them about it and ask them exactly what you have to do if that is something you want to do. They're awesome. They're really, really helpful. Just get, pick up the phone. Yep. Yeah, cool. Who wants to ask the next question? It's, uh, I'll ask it. All right. Because <laughs> I know who... Um, who sent this one through. Last week's episode, we mentioned LMI, which, I'll give you a hint, that stands for Lenders Mortgage Insurance. <laughs> what is it? Sock it to me. I'll, 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 I'll. <laughs> R- Purely just risk. Uh, you, you buy a property, uh, you put down a deposit less than either 20 or 15% most commonly, and when you put down that deposit, uh, the bank says, this is a little bit more risky, you've got less equity in the loan, they charge a fee. You do not benefit from that fee besides buying a property sooner. Um, but th- there is a fee. Mm. Uh, investment, owner-occupied, it's it's a fee. You can mm. either put that into your loan, uh, which is ways to do that, which we do something called reverse engineering, or alternatively, you can just pay it up front. Mm. But it's a fee, and it doesn't really benefit you much at all. Um, there are some tax benefits to investors that we won't go into, uh, but but outside of that, it's it, it's a fee. Yeah, And we'd love to avoid it, so we, mm. we do structures around mm. avoiding... Which insurance? It is 100% protection for the bank. Mm-hmm. 
if you were to default on your loan and they repossessed your property and there was not enough equity in your property to pay down that loan, that's when they would enact that insurance policy. And there's mainly two major ones, um, two major mortgage insurers, QB and Genworth. Uh, they also do a second pair of eye check. So in a lot of scenarios when you apply for a loan, uh, there's two different forms. There's one called uh, DUA or there's non-DUA lenders. Uh, DUA lenders usually are bigger lenders. They sign off for the mortgage insurer in the majority of scenarios um, because their policy is the same as the mortgage insurer's or they've enacted it. Uh, with non-DOA lenders, uh, they have to send that loan application, even if they've approved it, to the mortgage insurer. And if the mortgage uh, insurer says no, then generally the second mortgage insurer won't insure your loan, which means that basically you're high and dry mm. uh, till you get either a 20% deposit or a 15% deposit or essentially till you can avoid mortgage mm. insurance um, or at least for a set period of time. So... Uh, we, we can screen that on the get-go, but mm. to answer the question, uh, lenders' mortgage insurance is commonly more in favour of the bank than the consumer. Do that kind of covers it? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Cool. I, I think it, I, I suppose, just to add, I think it's pretty nuts that a bank can approve a loan on their end, send it to the third party, this <laughs> mm-hmm. um, mortgage insurer, but maybe they're not comfortable with it. Is that is that crazy? It's it wacky. is. It's, yeah. So there's solutions there, or at yeah. least... Um, paths we can take mm. to attempt to solve that problem but it's nuts that you can get to that point and, and sometimes you can avoid it completely like mm. sometimes you put down a 10 cent deposit if you're in certain professions as well mm. uh like medical industry or yeah. or just just certain professions i won't list them all but there, there are quite a few and then 15 percent. sometimes there's lenders that have promotions where you yeah. don't pay mortgage insurance then 20 percent. commonly nobody will charge you mortgage insurance mm-hmm. unless you buy an inner city unit through specific lenders yeah uh, it, it's all a risk level uh, mm. based on the security and the deposit. Mm. Yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Who wants to ask the, uh, the next one? <laughs> this is, I, I reiterate this all the, the this time. This is a big one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I could talk about this all day. Um, so <laughs> uh, things like Afterpay, ZipPay, MyPayNow, mm. uh, these, these, these types of services, they're not like, mm. they're, they're strange credit facilities. So, like, mm. Why are these viewed negatively from banks and lenders? I kind of answered it. In yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you're living outside of your means is the mm. biggest one. You're spending mm. money you don't have. Yeah. And it's a bit different to a traditional credit card where you have a credit limit and you pay off your minimum repayment and there's mm. a there's a formula for that. Um, with things like Afterpay, um, ZipPay, you've got this pay in for concurrent repayment of generally discretionary spending. Um, that's the biggest thing that the mm. banks don't like about it. And then on the other hand, you, you mentioned MyPayNow. Yeah, or just these salary yeah, events. Yeah, salary services. events, payday lenders. Mm. They are probably less favorable than, mm. than Afterpay and ZipPay yeah. because you're spending your pay before you get it. Yeah. <laughs> that's sustainable for so long. Exactly. Um, <laughs> if you get, get into a habit of it. You get into yeah. a cycle of everything lines up with half of your pay cycle. Hey, I'll close it down. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I mentioned this um, on on an earlier episode, but I I realized um, a couple of months ago that I still had an Afterpay account. Like, I used it when it first came out. Uh, Sue me. I don't care. Um, And I I, I was like, oh, this is open. I'll just close it. Like, I'm not using it. And... The, the, the close reason, the number one close reason on the drop-down <laughs> box was uh, mortgage broker. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm applying for a loan. My broker told me to. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. So, I don't know. Do they that. know what's going on. Do that. They know what's up. Yeah, there's generally no benefit to it, or mm. rarely a benefit to, to things like that. Mm. So, unless you 
use my pay now to front uh, 500,000 and buy a block of land <laughs> down in New South Wales that turns into a million dollars. <laughs> I think that's what it's for. Yeah. I, I suppose I'm essentially it's uncontrolled debt. Like, yeah. there's technically a limit, but that's a pretty soft limit. It can yeah. get pushed and pushed and pushed. Yeah. Uh, and then you just find yourself with all this debt. That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just not favorable. Yeah. I, I think the other thing about something like Afterpay compared to a tr- traditional credit card, I mean, we are by no means fans of credit cards, mm. but mm. I think we can all agree that we'd take a credit card over an Afterpay mm. um, most days. But if you do have debt on a credit card, you've got your minimum monthly repayment that you have to pay. If you're in the absolute worst case scenario and you, you can't pay off that um, credit card quickly, you can pay that minimum repayment. Mm. With Afterpay, you have a set repayment once a, like once a week for yep. however many weeks. If you have a lot of debt on your Afterpay account, you can rack up a really, really chunky weekly bill. Yeah. Um, if you don't pay that, that's a big, big problem. Yeah. Um, they hit you with all kinds mm. of fees. I'm going to vote no on Afterpay. Yeah. <laughs> Run for the hills. Yeah. Who needs it? Yeah, just, just set up a budget, set up a strategy. Mm. We'll help you. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Big time. Uh, what about, uh, I guess, last thing? What's on for the weekend? What's hey. what's going on? <laughs> well, remember an old thing called live music? I'm going to go see some of it tonight. <laughs> Wild. Been, where's it at? At the Tivoli. Yeah, nice. Mm. Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Uh, football. Yeah, Kate and I are going to the footy. Classic. You, you guys always see that. Classic, <laughs> Classic football. <laughs> I didn't even know what... Wait, union? <laughs> no Union. idea. No idea. I'm learning as we What go. do you know now? I know that there's unlimited tackles. <laughs> also, I've been told. They're called phases. Bobby and I gave <laughs> Kate a crash course on Union the other day. I heard you can kick a ball and uh, the, the points are uh, higher than yeah. the normal points. <laughs> <laughs> it's played on a field. It's played on a field. Yeah, that's similar. Yeah. It's I've... a 22 meter line. Yeah. Okay. yeah <laughs> I, I didn't tell you about that one. <laughs> I was not aware. <laughs> Three point field goals. That that is crazy. Three point field goals. That, that <laughs> still weirds me out. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But uh, what what are we gonna talk about next episode? What are, what's the plan? What do our listeners want to hear from well, us well, next what's episode? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I think there's an email address now. There is. Yes. Podcast at thenewsteadgroup.com.au. Mm. Send send an idea through. We'll we'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, we're ready. We can give you an alias if you want. <laughs> we, we can. Code names. We yeah. didn't even mention any names. To preserve your <laughs> anonymity. Yeah. We didn't mention any of them. Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) It happened today. We just didn't label it, but we're trying to break up our podcast into some segments. In segment number one, we're calling Borka Talk. Yeah. Uh And what exactly is a Borka? Maybe that's what we can talk about next week. So this is a great story. (laughs) (laughs) Quick one. I'll throw it in really quickly because this is really funny. Uh, We we constantly misspell. uh, (laughs) Not not by choice. Obviously we're typing and and we just type Borka instead of Broker. (laughs) (laughs) It's become a bit of a thing. It's a thing. It's definitely a thing. We're (laughs) we're like Borka meetings. (laughs) Borka Lunch. So, yeah. yeah, tune in for Borka Talk. Yeah. Yeah, we'll explain Next a little month. bit more about the original, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the origin of Borka. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast to keep up with our latest releases and follow us on Instagram at Brisbane Broker Podcast. The Newstead Group's brokers are fully accredited and operate under Australian Credit License 389087. For our full disclaimer, please read our show notes below and we hope you'll tune in to our next episode.